Welcome to the Milestones Motivation and Money Podcast, hosted by Angel Radcliffe. Tune in as we discuss finances, success stories, and inspiring vibes that will help nurture growth. Each of us has a moral responsibility if we are of voting age and if we are registered to participate in that decision. So I come to California today and I'll leave here and go to Chicago and then to Detroit and then Baltimore, Maryland and New York to say the same thing. I come here to urge every person under the sound of my voice to go to the polls on the 3rd of November and vote your convictions. Now, I know you're intelligent people, and I don't need to tell you who you should vote for. I don't have any fear about that. You know who to vote for. All right. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to the podcast. On today's episode, we are discussing the upcoming election. And today's topic is vote like your life depends on it because it absolutely does. And today's episode, I have a very special guest that I'd like to introduce that's going to help aid in this discussion and pouring out some voter information and facts for those of you who are still heading to the polls. I'd like to welcome Ms. Poonam Kaji to the podcast. Uh, she's an attorney, she's a voter advocate, and she's a progressive. So Poonam, thank you so much for joining me on today's um, episode and I'm gonna turn it over to you to give a brief introduction. Hey, Angel, thank you so much for having me. Um, this is gonna be fun. I think we're just gonna be chatting about voting, why it's important. Um, I am a born and raised Texan, um, grew up in San Antonio, and now I live here in the DFW Metroplex. Um, that's actually how, how we met through an organization called New Leaders Council. Um, and I serve on the board of New Leaders Council. I uh, serve on the board of an organization called Wise Up Texas. Um, and generally, you know, what I kind of do in my free time is <laughs> encourage people to vote, encourage people to be engaged, to um, hold their politicians accountable, and to make their communities better by doing that. Um, as you mentioned, I'm an attorney. I do labor and employment law on the corporate side. So I have a corporate client that I help with labor and employment issues. And that's a little bit about me. Thank you so much for that brief introduction. And um, I think it's very important to definitely highlight how we know each other. We've been knowing, knowing each other for almost three years now through um, New Leaders Council. And for those of you who are listening who are unfamiliar, it's a very progressive organization. Um, which I like to say pulls people together with similar interests, but from different backgrounds. And so uh, we were definitely a part of a fellows class of 2018. And I met so many amazing people within that class. And it's some people from different walks of life who have a passion for eco economic issues, uh, voting issues, uh, definitely topics that affect our community and that are very important. And so I'm glad that we actually met or we wouldn't be sitting here today. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah. so, um, of course, we're three days away from the presidential election and one that I would definitely consider one of the most important elections in all of my voting history. I don't know about everyone else, but when I look at 
um, the number of times that I've voted, which hasn't been that many, <laughs> I feel like this is the most important um, because our country has been through so much the last four years. And then 2020 is just a doozy for everyone where we're, we're like, what is going on? Who's making these decisions? <laughs> and how can we bring about additional change. Um, although our country is like constantly changing, it seems like the last four years have been a bit haywire. And so, um, so many people, I think, see that we need something to change. And I don't necessarily want to make this about which party to vote for, but I, I do think when you look at the voter turnout for early election and we see that as of Thursday, as far as like our state, Texas, we've already surpassed the total number of voter turnout um, compared to 2016, just with early voters this year. So 9 million Texans have already exercised their right to vote. And I think that's amazing. I think that sends a very strong message. Um, why do you think this election is so important? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I think it, I look back to 2016 and I kind of remember this level of uh, disengagement from people. Like people um, saw these two candidates and a lot of people were kind of just, um, for whatever reason, disenchanted with the whole thing. And, and some people, you know, sat out that election year just saying, oh, nobody really excites me and whatever. I don't think whoever wins, it'll really affect me that much. And I think what the last four years have showed us is that um, elections matter, you know, to a large extent, especially here in Texas, we have a real issue with voter turnout. Um, you know, we've kind of always said Texas is really a non-voting state more than anything else because our turnout is so low. Um, and that's true really across the country in a lot of ways that, that people aren't really exercising that right to vote. And what we saw in the last four years um, was this really inspiring level of engagement from citizens. And sometimes it came as a result of tragic events. And, you know, I hate that people feel like we have to protest in the streets to live out our basic liberties and to fight for our lives. At the same time, I think what we're seeing is a new fire in people and um, voting is kind of like the very beginning of your engagement with politics, right? Like you, you vote and then you kind of fire up, you could become an activist, you can go out and protest, you can call your elected officials, but you gotta vote. And I think a lot of people see that this year. And so people are, are voting um, in, in numbers we have not seen before. Um, and I will also say just from a practical perspective, you know, in Texas, we didn't extend mail-in voting, but we extended early voting by a full week. And people are busy. People are in a pandemic. People are trying to get food on the table, take care of their families. And having another week of early voting just made it more convenient. Other states did a lot of mail-in voting opportunities. And so people could sit at home and fill out their ballot. And making voting easier this year um, also is a big reason why we are seeing more uh, early voting, which is excellent. That's a great point. And so um, you hit on some really good topics there um, within the reason the reasons for this early voter turnout. And I want to know, um, I, I think I have a good understanding of challenges that voters are facing as they head to the polls. And we're going to discuss some of those today. But what do you think are 
some of those challenges that that people are facing right now? Yeah, you know, I think um, so. One one kind of difficult thing about voting is is that every state does things really differently. To some extent, even counties do things differently. So, like here in Texas, we'll see one county has their early voting locations close at four thirty p.m. Other counties are doing 24 hour voting locations. Shout out to Harris County and um, Chris Hollins there who's made all that happen and who is a new leaders council alum for the Houston chapter. Um, you know, I think what we see is that people having to take time out of their day, go stand in line during a pandemic. I just want, I know I'm gonna say that a bunch of times during this, but this is just not a normal time. Um, those, though, that, part alone is not easy to get done. Um, in, in Texas, we kind of see some added barriers, like our deadline for voter registration is a full month um, before election day. And so, you know, if, if you didn't check your voter registration and, you know, make sure you were registered, um, then you might've missed your opportunity kind of before you really started making your voting plan. Um, so it, there's a lot of bureaucracy to it, I'll be honest. Um, there's things like voter ID laws in states like Texas. You know, you do have to present a certain type of ID to be able to vote and things like a student ID from your university aren't adequate. Um, those are certainly barriers to voting. And in many ways, I, you know, I would say these are unnecessary barriers to voting. And um, part of the reason why Texas, I think, has struggled with voter turnout in the past. I'm so glad that you brought up um, the voter ID part because I was actually going to vote early and I remember uh, leaving the house and I didn't have my voter's registration card and I had my ID and even for myself, as many times as, as I voted, I was like, oh, I left my, my voter's registration card at home. Uh, what if I can't vote? And so um, it sort of like dawned on me that you don't necessarily like need your, your voter's registration card as long as you have some form of identification. But let's talk about what someone should do if they are at the polls and they don't have any form of ID. Um, what can they do to still have their, their vote cast? Yeah, that's a good question. And, you know, I, I will say this does vary from state to, to state. Um, there are a number of states where you don't have to show any form of um, ID, you know, that they, they kind of have you on the roll and you're able to vote um, or you're submitting a mail-in ballot. And, and so there are situations where you don't have to do this. But if you're here in Texas, um, you might be able to fill out a provisional ballot. Um, those are also, those also come into play if you go to a voting location and, and, like, oh, this address isn't right, or you're at the wrong location, you know, things like that. Um, provisional ballots may get counted in the long run, but they may be thrown out. And um, as far as kind of election night results go, they probably won't get evaluated at that point. So um, I think it's, I think I've, I've had friends who have been like, oh, I ended up having to fill out a provisional ballot because I guess I was at the wrong location or you know, whatever other technicality. Um, and it, it can be, it can be frustrating. Um, the other, you know, I think that the, with the provisional ballot, you're kind of also explaining who you are, you're kind of proving up your ID without your photos ID. So maybe you're presenting something else to try to um, explain who you are. Um, and just to be clear, I mean, I, I want the listeners to know that the voter ID storyline 
is based on this idea that people are fraudulently coming to vote um, and, and, you know, that somebody would come to the polls and pretend to be someone else. I think what we know from the data is that that's not really happening. Um, it's kind of a really interesting hypothetical, but not something that happens all that often. For the most part, we're having a hard time getting people enthusiastic about voting. We're not really seeing people being like, I'm so gung-ho about voting that I'm also going to try to fraud the system and pretend to vote on behalf of someone else. I mean, it's really kind of an interesting um, conspiracy in some level. So uh, I do want people to be aware because there is a lot of conversation around voter fraud and the idea that voter ID laws are in some ways to protect from voter fraud, but we can't, you know, we can't under, um, I think we have to have to make known that that is actually not something we see in the data. And it is a real hurdle to voting, like you're saying, even just practically forgetting your ID on election day or losing your ID the week before or something like that could result in your ballot not counting. Great point. And so for those of for those people who are listening who are new voters or maybe don't understand like what a provisional ballot is, um, can you explain that? Or and, and then what's the process for them to go and request the provisional ballot? Yeah, I mean, I've, I'll be honest, I've never had to do one myself. Um, but basically, when you're at your polling location, they're going to tell you like, hey, you're going to have to fill out a provisional ballot instead of a regular ballot. It's going to just kind of be some additional paperwork that you're filling out to accompany your ballot. Um, and, it, you know, one thing that's important to, to realize is that when you go to your polling location, um, the folks that work there are probably volunteers. Some of them might've been doing this for a long time. They might have some good sense of the rules, but some of them, you know, might've done uh, the, the training for what this takes, but it's hard for them to memorize all the rules. And so if you have questions like, no, I feel like I should be filling, I don't feel like I need to be filling out a provisional ballot, you know, or I do have a valid ID. And for some reason, um, the people who are working at that poll location are suggesting that it's not a valid ID. It's very important to kind of be prepared to know your rights and exert your rights. Um, so, you know, ACLU is a great organization to call and Texas, uh, the Texas Civil Rights Project is a great organization to call. The NAACP has a line you can call. So there's a lot of organizations kind of helping voters be empowered if they're running into something like that. Um, but, you know, if you have an issue like that, certainly step aside, figure it out, get on the phone, talk to somebody and get your questions answered. Otherwise, if you're kind of like, yep, you know, I, I totally am at the wrong location or I really don't have the right kind of ID, then, you know, see if you can get that provisional ballot completed and you can call your county office later and usually find out if your provisional ballot counted or not. They're supposed to mail something out to you to let you know also. Um, but essentially, it's just additional paperwork with your ballot. And I think it loses it. it you know, for people that are kind of stuck with that option, you don't get that feeling walking out of that polling location, like my voice is definitely counting in this election because it's provisional. You know, it basically that just means it's maybe going to count, maybe not. They'll, they'll let you know soon. <laughs> so um, that's, that's kind of what that process is. I think to the extent that you can plan your vote, you've probably heard that phrase this year, you know, that basically means make sure you've got all your ducks in a row before you get out there. Make sure you know the correct polling location you're supposed to go to. That is something, again, that varies state by state. 
um, you know, in Texas for early voting, you can go vote anywhere in your county. Um, but on election day, you generally have to go to your precinct. So um, just check all of those things, make sure you've got it right. Uh, make sure you have everything you need. And that way you're not stuck in this situation where you tried to exercise this really critical right and wonderful privilege. And then you find out your vote doesn't count. Those are excellent points. And um, I'm so glad that we are discussing polling locations as well. So, so many people don't understand that you can't necessarily go out and vote at any polling location. You have to know what your polling location is. And I'm so glad that we touched on that topic. I moved to Dallas in 2007. And so my first election voting in Dallas County was uh, 2008. And I remember not necessarily knowing like where to go um, because Prior, when I lived in Illinois, I lived in the same area my entire life, and I only voted in two elections uh, prior to moving to, to Dallas. And I remember sort of like asking a lot of questions and trying to figure out like, where do I go? And I was so confused on the whole process. So for someone who doesn't necessarily um, know their, their polling location, um, what exactly can they do to pull up all of their options? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, since since you have you know listeners that might be tuning in from across the country, I'm going to give a national website, which is IWillVote.com, and it'll help direct you to state information and kind of get you in the right direction to figure out where you need to vote. Um, you know that information is is readily available. You can also look up your ballot, which I think is really 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 helpful. Um, I think that web, I'm actually going to pull up the exact website because I want to make sure I say it right. Um, it's vote411.org. And that that is brought by the League of Women Voters um, organization, which does an excellent job um, putting together nonpartisan election information. Um, so vote411.org is where you can kind of pull up your whole ballot Iwillvote.com, you can look, figure out your voting locations, make your voting plan, double check your registration. Um, and, and everything you're saying is very true and commonplace for people, even those of us who have voted before. You know, if you've moved around, you can suddenly end up in a different district and not realize, you know, you moved across the highway and now you were in a different district altogether. And it certainly makes sense that you would want to vote in the correct district because you're voting for not only a presidential election, but local elections that actually impact you and your community very directly. So um, you can go to those websites, you can find you know, the county that you're in, you can double check your voter registration, you can figure out your polling locations for early voting and for election day. Um, you know, now with election day being right around the corner, most of the listeners are probably planning on voting on election day if they haven't already. So for election day, you may need to go to a very specific location. And the most cool thing I've seen this year in Texas, which we have not seen before here, is live wait times available. So I know on the day that I voted, I was looking at the different locations. It was early voting, so I could go to multiple locations. But I was looking at some of the different locations, and it's literally green light, red light, yellow light, depending on how long the wait is. So there's a lot of resources out there. It will vary, depend on where you live. Um, and some of these things that we're talking about are a little bit Texas-centered. But IWillVote.com and Vote411 are two websites I really recommend.
Okay. And I'm going to repeat those. Um, I will vote.com and vote411.com. Yes. Okay. And I also know about vote.org. That's another one. And um, we'll go ahead and add some of those links um, at the end of the podcast as well. But you touched on voting in the right location so that you can really vote for uh, those elected officials in the area. I think that's very important um, that we discuss this as well, because some people will move around and you still have your voter registration card or it's, it's remailed out to you. And let's say if um, someone is using a post office box or they may be using like a work address or a relative's address, um, they will forget to update like their physical address where they live and not necessarily understand understanding the importance of other elections um, outside of the presidential election. And so that's another thing that I want to discuss. What other elections that are not um, as highly covered as a presidential election, but still important, um, should voters be focusing on? Yeah, that's a great question. And quite frankly, there's so many different positions that I think are critical. Um, I don't think there's a single thing on the ballot that should be ignored. Um, but let me just highlight a few, you know, every state that you're in is going to have a state legislature, you know, here our uh, elected officials go to Austin, Texas, our capital, and they make critical laws. They set our budget. Um, they look at transportation, they look at education. Um, you know, they do a lot of things that impact us in our, in our state of Texas. Um, and so those are your state house uh, elected officials. And it's really important to study your ballot and to see what those people are up to and the kind of things they're talking about. Um, you know, I think there's been times in recent history that some of those topics get really highlighted. Um, you know, we had a time in Texas where people were really focused on um, basically like local police officers kind of becoming an extension of the ICE uh, officials and, and kind of seeing through ICE policies and think items like that, which um, are really critical and can really shape the way um, a state operates um, can, can come into play at the state level. So uh, very important to remember those. I think natural in a presidential election for everyone to be fixated on those. Um, you know, it, beyond that, I would say your city council is critical. Um, you know, your city can have a lot of impact and policies in its own way. Um, if you've been following the Black Lives Matter movement, then you probably are interested in seeing what's going to happen on criminal justice reform, uh, including, you know, budgets that the city is putting forth um, and including different courts. So, you know, some states elect their judges, other states don't. But um, certainly we want fair judges uh, on the bench and judges who um, are not, you know, kind of doing unfair sentencing or sentencing that we think is disproportionate to the crimes committed, um, things like that. I mean, you know, you, you can really actually reflect your values on your ballot if you look up each of these people and kind of see what they stand for and see what they're going to bring to their elected office. Um, the last last one that I would say, I mean, this is right under the presidential ticket. It's the Senate and 
Congress, right? Your your House of Representatives and um, your senators, and every state has two senators. Um, your states have your Congress people, depending on the population. Um, but those are very and very very important seats, um, and it's critical that you not skip them. Okay, so I just have to say one more thing on this, and then uh, you know I'll kind of turn it back to you to see what else we want to talk about, but. A lot of states, um, this is a, one thing that varies from state to state. Some states will say you can come in and you can vote straight ticket. So you can vote, I'm voting for every Democrat on this ballot. Other states don't do that. So Texas, you can't vote that way. You have to fill out your entire ballot. And I think a lot of people come in and they just don't feel empowered to vote for the whole ticket all the way down because they actually haven't looked up those races. And they're like, I just don't know if I should really be voting if I don't know who these people are. Um, and I've had, you know, people who are attorneys like me tell me that they're like, oh, I didn't realize there were so many things on the ballot. And I, I just left most of it blank. And it really bums me out because every one of those positions matter. In fact, the lower you go, the more that impact will be on your community. So um, study the ballot and vote all the way down. Um, don't get lazy um, and, and you know finish it all the way out. A, a good question that comes up here in Texas is, can I just look stuff up on my phone while I'm in the ballot box? Technically you can't. Um, I don't know how often people are really kicking people out for doing that. They'll probably just let you know, hey, put your phone away. Technically you can't be on your phone. So um, go to the websites we mentioned, you know, take notes. You can take notes in there. You can take printouts in there um, and study your ballot and vote all the way down. That's a great point because I think some people don't necessarily understand um, impl implications of actually pulling out your phone while you're in a polling location. And I've actually seen on social media where people definitely want to take a picture like while they're voting or try to show their screen. And I'm like, can't necessarily do that. Um, and I always tell people, wait until you're done voting and you get your sticker and then you post that on social media. So it's it's definitely great to understand who the candidates are and do your research beforehand and not necessarily while you're standing there at the polls. Um, I, I'll say for some of the our older residents, sometimes they will forget like who, who they're trying to vote for. And so they can't necessarily remember the name. Um, if you have an older family member who may have to pull out like a cheat sheet, um, I would say um, try to remind them uh, who their candidate is before they're going in. I don't necessarily know the rules about uh, standing next to someone when they're voting. Do you know if you can actually do that? Like if you have an older family member and uh, is that actually legal or is it not? That's a great question. I, I can tell you one thing that I, I do know for sure is that if somebody needs assistance voting, like for example, if they need help translating the ballot and they bring a family member kind of saying, hey, my, my language proficiency isn't great. I want to have this family member help me. Um, you are allowed to do that. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm not 100% sure on age specifically, but I would think there's probably um, something related to like a disability or, or a trouble, you know, reading, um, anything like that. You know, we certainly need to, and this is kind of what I was preaching earlier, like you kind of have to be your own advocate a little bit and not, um, you know, let somebody kind of turn you away from the polls or say, no, you can't do that. 
um, you know, kind of be prepared to be able to say, okay, well, this is what I need in order to complete my ballot. I need somebody to help read it to me, or the font is too small, or, you know, just be empowered and ask for those things. Because whether you bring someone with you or somebody at the polling location helps, um, those, those are things that can happen. And the poll, people who work at the poll, like I said, they're often volunteers, so they may not really know. They may not recall, is it, is it lawful for for you to bring your you know, young granddaughter with you to help you. Um, so you just have to be an advocate for yourself. Um, if you think you're gonna run into one of those positions, I would call a Texas Civil Rights Project or a similar organization and make sure you're kind of well-equipped going in there knowing what, what you can and can't do. All right, thank you so much. And so sort of moving into the last topic I wanna to discuss, um, we hear so much about voter suppression and there's so many different forms of that. Um, I know one of the major things I've heard is on election day, people are going out to vote and they're at their correct polling location and their name is not necessarily found um, by the volunteer, quote unquote volunteers, when sometimes it may actually be there. And you know, you have people who do volunteer who have ill intentions and they may want to uh, sway the vote in a certain neighborhood for their particular candidate. Um, what can someone do if they're at their correct polling location, they know that they are registered to vote, um, but the volunteers are saying, oh, we don't have your name here. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, I guess I'll open it up by saying as, as those volunteers, like they, they're supposed to take a, you know, an oath to do this correctly. And we have to be really like vigilant in protecting our voting system and making sure that people who are participating in the system are completely unbiased. Um, but you're right that things like that can happen. And, you know, people for whatever reason can be discouraged from voting. Um, one thing that's really important is to know with certainty, you know, that you are, are registered at that location, which is something you would be able to pull up from one of those websites that we mentioned or your county website, you know, and you, you could say, I'm 100% sure that this is my correct location. I'm pulling it up right here, right? And, um, you know, be confident and say, you're going to have to look that up again, or I'm going to need to talk to someone else about this. You know, a little bit of that self-advocacy, don't just walk away and shrug and say, I guess I didn't get to vote. Um, also, I would say in a situation like that, you absolutely should call a voter protection hotline, um, not only for yourself, but for someone else. You know, if you're able to get through and say, hey, no, let me, let me help you. I, I'm sure that I'm in the right location. Um, but somebody else might have that same experience and not advocate for themselves as, as well. So I would call a voter protection hotline. I've been saying the Texas Civil Rights Project a number of times because um, I know they have a really great hotline. But, you know, whatever state you're in, um, report that kind of stuff, because if we don't report it, we won't be able to uh, correct it and we won't be able to really measure how much of this is actually going on. Um, but yeah, th those are those are things that can happen. It could be honest mistakes. It could be somebody, in fact, um, you know, trying to dissuade someone from voting. And you know, sometimes you just gotta have just gotta be a little bit persistent. And this is we have to remember that people fought for this right. Um, you know, literally brutalized their own bodies in protest for this right. Um, so absolutely, the least we can do is 
you know, advocate for ourselves when we're there, if we know we're in the right polling location and we know that we, we should be able to exercise our right. So um, that's what I would say on that. Uh, but voter suppression takes many forms, systematic and, um, and isolated, like the example you gave. Definitely. And those of you who are listening, remember, if you have an issue um, when you're voting, whether it's um, on election day, early voting, um, any type of election, if it's midterm, local, remember to call your voters hotline, reach out to the media, make sure that these issues are reported and brought to light. Another thing I want to discuss is more of like the absentee ballots. And although um, we're only three days away from the election, I've seen some people still posting that they were mailing in their ballots. And I'm like, okay, it's way too late. It's way too late. You need to just go to the polls, do whatever you can to get your vote in. I think um, the the absentee ballots are always an issue every year. And I think this year, to me, from what I've seen in the media, it seems to have been more of an issue, especially in our state, because we discuss um, or we talk about like there's limited places of where you can actually place your ballot and uh, Governor Abbott limiting uh, certain locations within a county where let's say one county can stretch over 100 miles. And I've heard of some counties only having like two locations to drop absentee ballots. I think that's absolutely insane and definitely a form of Uh, voter suppression. So what if someone um, hasn't voted just yet, and they were wanting to do their their absentee ballot, what would you tell them at this point? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I'll give the kind of practical answer. And then I'll kind of give a big picture situation that we have here with the mail-in ballots. Um, just a reminder, you know, in Texas, we didn't extend mail-in ballots here. So you're really only mailing in a ballot if you were out of town, if you're 65 or older, if you have some kind of um, disability, there's really just very few reasons why you would be doing something like that here in Texas. But if you requested a mail-in ballot in Texas, um, often called an absentee ballot, like you were saying, because it really suggests that you're gonna be absent from, um, your voting location you know, during the election. Um, if you've requested one and you have it in your hands right now, but you haven't submitted it yet, then you are absolutely right. You cannot entrust the U.S. Postal Service to somehow get this in the right hands in time. In Texas, it has to be there by November 4th at 5 p.m. Okay. And I mean, if you think about that for Texas, like you really want your vote to be there on November 3rd for Texas, right? I mean, we're, we're, we're going to probably have a lot of our election answers and results by November 3rd, um, given this mail-in ballot thing I just mentioned and the fact that some of them could get in a little later. But, you know, it's, it's too late for that. So if you have your absentee ballot in your hand, then you have a couple of options. Um, you know, one is to take it to a drop-off location, like you were saying, but those could be few and far between. It really depends on your county to do a good job of letting uh, the citizens know where those are. The other thing you can do is go to a voting location and surrender your mail-in ballot. So you're basically saying, I don't wanna fill in this mail-in ballot. I instead wanna vote in person. Um, And that helps them know that you're not voting twice. Um, And you have to physically bring that mail-in ballot to be able to then vote in person. if you have not yet received your mail-in ballot, so you're like, I thought it was going to come in the mail. I don't know where the heck it is. Maybe it got lost. Um, then what you're going to do is go to your voting location and say, 
I requested a mail-in ballot, but I, I want to vote in person here. And they will have you fill out some additional form to basically say, um, you know, you swear that you're not going to complete the mail-in ballot. That's here in Texas. I can't speak to every single state, um, but what we're seeing, like you said, is the message is anywhere you are, you cannot at this point count on the U.S. Postal Service um, to get your mail there in time. So what you need to do is go to a drop box and drop your ballot or um, go vote in person and figure out the best way to surrender that mail-in ballot so that you can do that. Um, that is really the practical advice when it comes to the mail-in ballot. I, I do want to just quickly let the listeners know this is not going to be your normal election night. We are going to perhaps get some sense of where this election is going, but because we are in a pandemic and because so many states allowed voters to vote by mail, the votes will be counted um, for probably days after the election. And so um, if you look at a state like Pennsylvania, a really critical swing state and a state that has a lot of votes for the electoral college, um, you know, they, they will likely still be voting, I mean, sorry, still be counting their votes. Um, and I just wanna clarify that every state does this a little differently. So as an example, um, some states say you cannot even begin counting or processing these ballots until election day. So it's not until that day that they can start, uh, I mean, you're literally looking at mail and opening it and processing it. So um, that could be a time consuming thing if most of the voters have voted by absentee ballots or by mail. Um, so I'm expecting an election week, um, you know, that we'll kind of be waiting on, on some results. Um, and we all need to just keep calm and keep counting um, despite, you know, any kind of frenzy that we see from any of the campaigns or from the media. Um, stay calm and, and keep counting. And let's just see how this pans out. We are living through a very difficult time and we need to be patient with the process. Thank you so much for that. And so that really brings us to the end, um, whereas the last thing I want to discuss is how can we encourage people to go out and vote who haven't voted already? So our friends, our family members, like what different things can we do to push people to get to the polls? Well, I love that question because I will, will kind of be that friend and that family member that will annoy my, my friends and family about voting. And, you know, I might get some eye rolls. I might get some, you know, that's enough with this already, or I'll vote if I want to. But I think that we can really encourage people by showing them, hey, here's the website you need to go to. Here's what your ballot looks like. I will literally look up their address and text them, this is your ballot, you know, so they get a chance to look at it before they go. Um, I have a family member who thought they were registered in one county. I looked it up and said, hey, no, you're registered in this county. You know, this is where you're going to have to go vote. So, you know, little, little uh, things we can do to make it easier on each other or to make it easier, particularly on our friends and family who have never done this before, who aren't as comfortable with it um, or who are kind of on the fence on whether voting matters, just make it easier for them. Say, look, you may not be able to convince them overnight that 
voting is a critical right and, and one worth exercising. But if you tell them, hey, it's going to take 20 minutes and I already have done half the work for you, just go, it might help encourage them to do it. And um, I, I just want to you know, be empathetic that people are busy, people are hardworking. Election day is on a Tuesday. Um, a lot of states do give you the right to take time off work. Um, polls are open later generally on election day. But there's a lot of reasons why people might say, you know what, I, I just I just don't have time. I've got too much on my plate. And so make life easier for them by using these resources, vote411.org, iwillvote.com, you know, kind of help walk them through the process. Um, and, and the other thing I would say is there are so many candidates to be excited and inspired by. Um, I think a lot of people are like, oh, politicians are all you know, just same old type of person, can't trust any of them. Um, but I guarantee even if you're not super inspired by somebody at the top of the, the ticket, then keep keep looking down at those local officials. There will be someone on your school board or someone running for city council um, who you'll realize like that's, that's someone who reflects me, reflects my values. Um, I think the more involved you get, the more you can find that there is actually quite a bit of genuine, sincere leadership and inspiration to be found in these, in these political leaders. Um, we just have to elect them and get them there. Definitely. And I think you mentioned how um, telling people that they can take the day off of work or employers even given the day off work, I think with this election, a lot of employers recognize the importance, and I know we discussed this the other day, whereas um, you'll see so many employers stepping forward and saying there's, um, it's mandatory PTO where the company is giving the employees like an extra day to take the day off to vote, or I know with certain companies, I've also seen memos go out that say, um, no meetings will be scheduled on election day. I think something else I've even seen, even with fitness centers that are doing, um, switched over to like the virtual workouts or they're opting not to do virtual workouts on election day. I think that's another form of encouragement where if, whereas if people don't have like their everyday option, it's like, what else do you have to do on election day <laughs> besides go out and vote if you haven't voted already? And one last thing I definitely want to say, and I know we mentioned it earlier, I want to give a reminder to those listening. If you have not voted or if you're not registered to vote, depending on the state that you are located in, you can vote, register to vote on election day. Um, so definitely check, check your state guidelines and see if you can do that. Because I had a family member and we, we discussed this the other day, whereas they said they had not voted. And I said, well, why not? And they said, well, I don't think I'm registered anymore. And I looked it up and couldn't find anything. And then I saw how they could go out and register to vote on election day, which um, was new to me. I didn't know people could do this. And I was like, oh, and then I, I was researching some more and I said, okay, I, I suppose it's only within certain states because there are certain states that have like deadlines within, uh, you have to be registered to vote within two weeks or 23 days. It varies like across the board, but that's important as well. So make sure that you know what the rules are in your state and make sure that you make it out to the polls, encourage other people to go to the polls. Um, you get your voting sticker, take a picture, post that on social media. That's another form of encouragement, but we definitely want to make sure that everyone is exercising their right. Um, 
And as we really close out, uh, Poonam, do you have any other words for listeners today? Yes, I definitely would love to kind of just say as an ending remark here that, you know, we are going through something really unique as a country. Um, I think that people are genuinely um, just scraping by in many ways when it comes to the level of stress and exhaustion and um, trying to understand, you know, this pandemic, um, the economic impacts of this pandemic. Um, And I think the only thing we can really do at this point is vote. Like our lives depend on it, just like you said at the outset of this. Um, it It is the most essential and critical initial way that citizens can let the government know what we expect from our elected officials and what we want from them. And so don't pass up on this opportunity to um, vote on behalf of yourself and your family and your community and what you really want this country to look like in the future. And um, if you have questions about how to vote or um, where to vote, the logistics about your candidates, um, there are so many resources available. So, you know, I know almost everybody these days has a smartphone. Um, If you can get on Instagram for 15 minutes, then you can certainly go to one of these websites for 15 minutes and learn about the process and learn about your ballot. So, um, you know, I hate to sound harsh, but there's really just no excuse. If you are able to register and you have the privilege and the right to vote, um, then please exercise that right. Um, And don't, I think people will regret it if they don't this election cycle, um, because this is a really historic moment for our country because of the circumstances that we're in, because of the high stakes of this election. And I think people will regret it if they didn't participate. So be a part of history, cast your vote. Thank you so much. And so I want to thank you for agreeing to be a guest today and answering some important voter questions and giving our listeners all of this great information. Um, For those of you who are listening and you are in the state of Texas and you'd like to hear more about voter information, education, you can catch Poonam on the Wise of Texas podcast. And I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Make sure you head out to vote, encourage your friends to vote, and make sure you share this podcast as you're listening. And um, let's encourage others and remember how important November 3rd is. You know who to vote for. Thanks for listening. Stay connected with Angel online on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Miss RMBA. That's M-I-S-S-R-M-B-A. Be sure to subscribe and review. Join us next time as we continue to empower you through milestones, motivation, and money. 